All right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Go ahead and grab a seat. Um, this morning is fun and is going to be even more fun. And uh, um, we're going to do something right now that, that I, I want us to recognize uh, <clears throat> so for a church about authentic relationship with God and one another. We try really hard to know one another. And of course, we can't know everybody. And we want our church to continue growing. So like you don't know everyone, but we want to know people and genuinely know people. And with that, we celebrate together and at times we mourn together. And this morning, uh, we're going to celebrate something. And uh, I just want to, I'm going to, all right, sorry for the online people. I'm totally going off camera. Uh, I'm coming over here though. This is Larry and Marta Williams. Larry was serving at Royal Family Kids Camp and had a stroke how long ago? Two months. Two months. These guys have been a part of this church for over 30 years probably and have been here and they haven't been able to come in. Larry, this is their... Give me a hand. We love you guys, and we've missed you guys, all right? Larry, we're proud. We're proud of you, man, the way you're fighting and what you're walking through, okay? And we have been praying for you. This church has been praying for you. <laughs> My wife and I did a pre-engagement class. We've been married... <laughs> I might be in trouble. Um, we've been married 24 years. We've been married 24 years. We did a, a pre-engagement class that Larry and Marta helped teach in this church. And so I'm talking bulwark people who have served this community and the Lord for years and years and years. So, um, yeah. Whew. You're going to need a Bible today. So if you don't have a Bible, get one on your phone or go back. we got a few of them back there. You are going to need a Bible. Um, so get that. We're in a sermon series, Boulder Valley BVDNA, uh, that we're really talking about who we are as a church, where we've been. We spent some time with where we've been. We uh, then spent a little bit of time of who we are relational, authentic relationship with God and one another. Then we've been, these last three weeks, it's been how we behave, these values that we have of connecting with God. And Jeff spoke about abiding in Christ and, and how we connect with God. And that then we commit to community, that we want to know one another. And then this morning, I am going to be sp speaking about choosing to contribute that this isn't a church where you come and you sit and you watch and we call that good job we did church. That church is actually about we contribute and we are a part of and we serve together. So I'm going to be speaking about that this morning and let me just tell you where I'm going to land. 
Let me just tell you what I want to say to you and I want you to grab a hold of this morning. It's that you contribute to building God's kingdom. You contribute to building God's kingdom of his values and his ways, his work. You do. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 and 10 are scriptures that are sort of like anchor scriptures. And maybe if some of us have been around Christianity for a long time, we've, we've heard this verse for it. But it's, it's really powerful couple verses. And it just seeks and it says, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. That your salvation the forgiveness of the sin, the salvation of your soul, the setting free through Jesus is a gift. You did not do anything to earn it. You didn't work hard enough to get it. In fact, you can't. In fact, you can't. And this is a gift of God. And, and, and that we are, we get overwhelmed, or I think when we really sit in like the reality of for God so loved me that what the lengths he's gone, Lord, your, your desire for us and the salvation of our souls, the gift of God. And it's not by something we did. You didn't earn it. You didn't work real hard to get it. It is his grace. Then, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're saved by grace through faith, but you're, you're, you're saved and created to do good works to, another way I'm going to say that is contribute to God's kingdom. You're not saved through what you do, but in your salvation, God has things for you to do. Okay? And he begins to work in our life and give us a bigger framework and a bigger Mood lighting's supposed to come later. Come on, you guys. <laughs> a bigger story. God says, you actually, I'm calling you to live in a bigger story than your small life and, and your small, probably self-absorbed life. And I actually have within your life and the aspects of the life and the gifts of your life bigger things for you to do and to be a part of. One of the best places in Scripture where we see people contributing to building something together is in the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, uh, the context of it is that Jerusalem has been destroyed. Okay, like today. Like what's happening right now where Israel was attacked and was completely destroyed at this time. And the people carried off and, and brought into captivity after thousands and thousands were killed, brought into captivity for 70 years. And we pray for the peace of Jerusalem today, right? And so after 70 years of being in captivity, then God starts to move and call the people back. And he raises up a leader, a man named Nehemiah, who has a vision. Like, not... He has a vision saying, I know what needs to be done. I know what needs to be restored. And he goes and he walks around Jerusalem, and the walls are the safeguards. The walls are destroyed and decimated. He says, we have to rebuild these walls. We're going to reset this city, and we're going to start with rebuilding the walls. 
and, and the security of the land. And so he gathers, he, he has the vision, he has a leadership capacity, he, God has called him to this, and he gathers the people and they go to work. And they start building this wall to, to, to start restoring Jerusalem and to safeguard, beginning with safeguard. And I'm going to read, this is why you need your Bible, because you're going to have a lot of sympathy and empathy for me. I'm about ready to do what you should never do. I'm going to read Nehemiah chapter 3. We'll see how far we get. Come on. Just make them up. Yep. That's totally what, what you do. When you don't know how a word's really pronounced, just say it confidently. Okay, so this is a list. They're, 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 Nehemiah has gathered them, said, we have, we have a mission together. We have something we need to do. We're called to this work. We're going to rebuild the walls, and let's listen. Okay, Elishab, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work. They went to work. They rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, when, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Emri, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hesanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimah, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Mushulam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshach, made repairs. And next to him... Zadok, son of Baana, <laughs> also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors, weak nobles. Then Jeshana, the, the Jeshana gate was repaired by Jehoda, son of Pasea, and Meshulam. I need a raise. They laid its beams and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. Next to them, repairs were made by men from Gibeon and Mizpah, uh, Malatiah of Gibeon and Jaden and Moronath, places under the authority of the governor of Trans-Euphrates. Uziel, son of Harahahahuah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section. And Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. This person sends next to this person. Go, go to, here's a couple one I, here's a couple one I love. Um, verse 12. Shalom, son of Helehoash, ruler of the half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. Go to verse 17. Next to him, the repairs were made by the Levites under Rehuam, son of Benai. Besides him, Hashabiah, ruler of the Hastic district of Kaliah, carried out repairs. Next to him, the repairs were made to. Next to him, the repairs. Next to him. Next to him. Next to him. Next to him. Next to them. And you see this picture? And they're lined up. And this entire chapter is written about God has called and given them a vision and they're rebuilding the walls. And this one stands and, and right in front of their house they do this work. And this people come and stand and build the wall right here. And these people, and next to them, and next to them, and next to them. And the work is completed. The work is done. And we are not called to build a wall. We're called to build a kingdom. 
each of us are going to be called to contribute in a certain section, in a certain way, with certain gifts. We are a new people, a people set apart by the gospel of love, the God who is at work in this world as wild as it may seem. And he calls his sons and daughters, his co-workers, to labor alongside him, to serve and to build a kingdom that will not fade. And so what if, well, let, let me read a couple verses first. Like, what does this kingdom look like? 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we have to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. What does building this kingdom look like? How about 1 Peter 4.10? Each of you should use whatever gift you have, whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of, stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What about this one? I love in, in 1 Corinthians 13 ends with this faith, hope, and love. You guys know that. Uh, faith, hope, and love. These, these are the strongest things. These are the biggest things. It's, it's another place in scripture where faith, hope, and love show up again. 1 Thessalonians 1.3. We remember... This, this, this is, uh, the, the writer of 1 Thessalonians is praying for the people that he's writing to. And he says this, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. See that faith, hope, and love? Work, labor, endurance. Like you kept at it. You kept building you kept plowing. You kept serving. What if Nehemiah chapter 3 got rewritten? And it got rewritten more for our church, for us as a people, for Boulder Valley Christian Church, not in building a wall, but building a kingdom. And coming alongside God and what he's doing, what may Nehemiah 3 read if it was us? It may go something like this. Matt Carlson was given the charge to lead the people, to teach them in God's scriptures, remind them of who they are in Christ. They all contributed to building God's kingdom. Next to Matt was Tony Hammes. He worked with Jeremy Harkey, Aubrey Zordrager, and Mike Oliver to lead Alpha, where people come together to have honest conversations about God, about faith. Truce and Daisy serve and help. Next to them, Paul Holmberg led a team who opened up their homes for life groups, building God's kingdom through authentic relationship, 
Scott and Nancy Elias, Gwen and Richard Ross, Lisa Heffling, Jim Policita, Heather Spicer, Nicole Day, Katie Harris, Sarah and Thomas Chavez, Karen and Otto Lures, Warren Williams, Jonathan and Ashley Wallace, Josie Nichols, Mark and Linda Thompson, John and Nancy Abels, Rob and Melita Swanson, Marta Williams, Jeff Benson, Brian Reck, John Parks, and Gary Berngard all helped lead life groups. Next to them, Thomas Chavez championed the kids and the families of this church. His team of Sally Oliver, Sarah Chavez, Tim Kraft, Caden Lighthizer, Shirley Berngard, Melanie Carlson, Marta Williams, Luan Chavez, Ashley Chavez, and Bill Stark. With the great help of Heather Spicer, poured into the next generation. Next to them, Tyler Adams equipped his team to build the kingdom by loving middle school and high schoolers. This team, consisting of Ashley Forsberg, Nathan Heffling, Bill Southard, Brenna Kuski, Leandy Legenegger, Ellie Miller, Stevie Hobbs, Enoch Halbach, Drew Kraft, Zach Wassimer, Eli Day, Alex Adams, Andrea Kraft, Brooke Southard, Maddie Kruger, Lucas Holmberg, and Gabby Castellano. Next to them, next to them stood Teresa Warbritton, Gwen Ross, Lisa Heffling, Janice Foster, and Nicole Preston. They worked alongside Paul Holmberg in building the kingdom and giving countless hours helping people experience God's deep healing through the ultimate journey. Next to them were those who gave financially and generously to the finances of this church. The top three givers are... No, I'm kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> Next to them. Listen, you know your name. You know who you are, and, the, and you give generously. Those who give generously to the work, building the kingdom. Next to them was a team organized to protect and guide the church, the church leadership council, Made up of Jeff Benson, Mark Thompson, Eric Edwards, Pam Freeland, Jessica Christofferson, Mike Oliver, Grant Lighthizer, and John Abels. Next to them, John and Shelley Mandeville stepped out, Mandeville stepped out into the call with a team of musicians and technicians to lead the people into God's presence through worship each Sunday. Eli Day, Josie Nichols, Adam Spicer, Ransom Christofferson, David Helmus, Stephen Oiger, and A. Stutzen, Tony Hammes. Next to them, Gary Berngard. He built God's kingdom through organizing a security team to keep the people safe from harm when they gather. These people include Gary Moak, Christian Preston, Grant Lighthizer, Dan Boyd, Richard Ross, Pat Daly, Walt Boner, and Chris Werner. Next to them were a team of frontline warriors, the intercessors and prayer people, Scott Elias, Anastasia Benson, Teresa Warbritton, Brandy Whitney, Shelley Mandeville, Melanie Carlson, and Marguerite Moat. Oh, Marguerite Moat. She and Sheila Albertson worked tirelessly to keep all the details and the administration of the church together. They work with a hospitality team consisting of Brian Talmadge, Nicole and Stevie Preston, Jeff and Pamela Freeland, Lisa Wasserman, and Anna Helmuth, who is eight or ten or something but can work circles around all of us. And every Sunday they put out breakfast and bagels. Come on, and they brew the coffee. 
Next to them, a welcome team was organized by Erica Marshall to help everyone belong and to feel that they belong. Nancy and John Abel, Sandy Daly, Nicole Day, Devin Donahue, Joanne Herbert, Haya Marnie Harris, Kyle Hoffman, Kira Naftal, Gwen and Richard Ross, Linda Thompson, and Lisa Wassimer. <clears throat> Next to them, building the kingdom, stood a cat named Pat Daly who vacuums the carpet, mows the grass, plows the snow, and cleans the toilet weekly. The kingdom was being built through the work of God's people inside the church. And don't come and yell at me because I forgot you because there's just a lot of you guys all do so much. Inside the church and outside the church. Gary and Jerry Mansdorf are champion mad ministry in Brazil. Next to them stood Don and Mary Pilkington, building God's kingdom in Puerto Penasco. Next to them, Keith and Jan Tim serve Royal Family Kids Camp. Next to them, Pablo and Juanita lead a ministry to men and to couples. Next to them, Michelle Holmberg serves in Young Life. Next to them, Yvonne and Warren Williams work in the Boulder Pregnancy Resource Center. Next to them, Steve and Ganilla Sorensen lead news release basketball, building God's kingdom throughout Europe. And the building of God's kingdom does not stop there. Many men and women, many men, many women lead in business and work where they work, seeking to bring about God's kindness and character to our workplaces. We have doctors and teachers and physical therapists and counselors and engineers and entrepreneurs. We have police officers. We have business owners. We have people that you have titles and I have no clue what you do, but it's really cool. <laughs> we have people doing research and, and getting doctorates. Restaurants. Next to them, homes in our homes, building God's kingdom. As husbands, serve their wives. Wives serve their husbands. God's kingdom is built as dads grow in loving their children in God-honoring ways. As moms nurture, protect, and care for their kids, raising them in God-honoring ways. As grandparents bring generational wisdom, loving their kids and their grandkids, God's kingdom is being built next to them. Neighbors, you cross the street and you know your neighbors. You care for one another despite your differences. Yes, God's kingdom is not just built in the church, but across the street, across from our homes, in our homes in our places of work, with our neighbors, and in the church. It's such a sellout. It's such a watered down. It's such a lie that church is something that you come and you sit at and you consume. And you talk about if it was good or bad, and you go home and get some lunch. That God is calling his people 
into salvation, into life in him that resets and gives us a much bigger story and a much bigger mission into which we live. It affects how I view my high school and my friends, my work and my home. A lot of what you spend your time doing isn't what you're really doing. God has actually a bigger picture and move in it. And the enemy wants you to forget that. He just wants you to be busy and tired with a lot of lists of stuff. I'm going to bring four people up here. Um, I'm going to bring Nicole Day, Matt Kruger, Bill Stark, and Allie Lighthizer. Come up here. Okay, guys, I got a lecture before this morning that we're supposed to stand right here for our online people. So you guys got to all get close. <laughs> uh, these guys did not know they were coming up today. No, that's a total lie. They totally knew they were coming up. And uh, they each represent really contributing and building God's kingdom in different areas in their life. And so I'm going to ask them about these different areas and what it is to how they're contributing to God's kingdom in these areas. So the first person is Nicole Day, who's talking about building God's kingdom in our church. Um, yeah, so I'm actually not going to be talking about myself today, um, only a little bit, which is to say that last weekend I got to be at the women's retreat. Um, yeah, those of you who are there know just how amazing it was. Um, those of you that weren't there, I think will soon know because God is doing powerful things in the lives of the women at our church. Um, but I'm here to talk about um, Emmy Helmuth and Michelle Holmberg and Erica Marshall, who's not here. Um, but Michelle and Emmy, would you also come up here? They actually didn't know they would be <laughs> on stage today. <laughs> um, I don't think you can talk about contributing in the life of the church without talking about these women. Um, and like I said, Erica's not here, and so um, she'll definitely need to be embarrassed and given hugs next week or something. Um, but these women, I mean, not only do they lead the women's ministry team, but everyone knows Michelle's on the teaching team. Emmy just does everything <laughs> at this church. Erica leads the welcome team. So, um, you know, they weren't only doing this, but they gave so much time and energy to make a wonderful weekend for us. Um, so I just, on behalf of all the women at that weekend, want to say thank you for um, the way you're using your gifts to bless and to serve us and serve this church. That verse in 1 Peter was so so perfect. Um, just to skim the, the surface of it, Michelle taught us the whole weekend, and thank you for your gift of teaching and using that on us even when it's really hard. Um, and Emmy led us in worship and just the way you listen to the spirit and are led by that and the way you help us worship is really, really special. And Erica, when I make you watch this online later, <laughs> your gift of hospitality and welcoming people and just so humbly making everything work perfectly behind the scenes, it's incredible. Um, I am changed because of 
what you two and Erica, what you three have, have done um, with this women's retreat and with the women's ministry year round. Um, so much of it I know goes unnoticed and I don't even know, you know, the half of the time and energy you put into this and the prayers you laid before us um, to pave the way for the women's retreat weekend. And so, yeah, I'm changed. I know the women in this church are changed and I don't think it's an overstatement to say I think the city will be changed because of what you have done um, and the way you contribute. So we just have a little something to say thank you. Um, <laughs> we, we um, yeah, we just, a little acknowledgement of all you've done. Um, so we have these flowers and then there'll be some gift cards in your inboxes later. But <laughs> um, thank you just so much for the way you contribute. It is our pleasure and our joy. And I just want to say, when you're preaching, I'm thinking, we are receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken. Amen? Yep. Amen. Let's build it. Matt Kruger. That's not easy to follow. That was like <laughs> amazing. Matt Kruger. I asked Matt Kruger to come up and to share how he helps build God's kingdom in the arena of work. And the wrestle in that and the reward in that. And so speak, speak to us a little bit. You had mentioned about laboring through and pushing through our work. And this last year and a half has been one of the most difficult seasons of my life. Not just with my business, but just personally and loss and heartbreak and wanting to give up and wanting to change my, like allow my attitude and my effort and my heart to just be soured. And God is good and he doesn't allow that because he's got me and he's got you. And I was fortunate enough to, I'm fortunate enough to be a partner in our family business where we get to build for people and rebuild from tragedy and loss and just for luxury and fun. So we get both sides. but. When you think about, like, I think about, like, Matt's a pastor, and I remember my wife, Carrie, when we were dating, wanted to break up with me because I wasn't going to be in the ministry. <laughs> Sorry, love. <laughs> <laughs> but everything we do in work is ministry, is that kingdom mentality. And going in and remembering God's handiwork, that we're his handiwork, that our employees are his handiwork, that my partners are his handiwork, that our customers are his handiwork, regardless of how they treat me or treat my team. Going in with that perspective of, man, let's, let's preach the gospel and not use words all the time, but show them grace and love and I think for me that helps get me through this past year and a half is God's seeing God's grace for us. Um, and whether you're really not liking your job or where you work, um, get the perspective of God's handiwork of other people. I was thinking about this girl I know that throws pizza on the weekends and how she is so kind to some 
to someone that is dealing with some special needs. And that person, when you walk in and you see them working together, they just bring, I mean, it like lights up the place. And you see an example of seeing God's handiwork worked out in your workplace just through kindness. So mm. remember that. Amen. We're all God's handiwork. Shake it. Scoot closer, Scoot. Hi, I'm Allison Lighthizer. Um, Matt asked me to talk about how I'm bringing the kingdom as a mom in my home. And uh, <clears throat> this was the least topic, like, of all the topics. I was like, really? That's the one? <laughs> um, <laughs> because I would say motherhood for me, we, we got married when we were 22. And I became pregnant at 23. And when we had uh, our first... I had no idea what it was going to be, what it was going to be like, and the the thing that maybe resonated me with the most was it's like finals week, except it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for me, bringing the kingdom, it's like the cross. There's a vertical component, and there's a horizontal component, and for me, motherhood it never felt like, oh yeah, this is like what I'm called to do. I mean, I'm trusting that I am, but it feels mostly like out of control. <laughs> all the time and um, every time I think like okay I think I got it then the kids change and then you are in a different season and then you have to learn a different way and I think that for me nothing's brought me like literally to my knees more than being a mom and bringing the kingdom in my family so I think that relying on um, God's grace relying on the gifts of the spirit like Nothing's taught me patience and gentleness and kindness more than being a mom. Mm -hmm. And I think for the horizontal component, like because God loved me first and because he lavishes his kindness upon me, then, then I can um, get out of bed when I would have normally not gotten out of bed for physically, emotionally, mental reasons. Like I would have just stayed in bed. But then when your child needs you or they're they're needing your care, then you can embody that and, and go and make that horizontal connection to bring the kingdom in that way. So I think for the ways that we are seeing God's love on the earth, it's, it's a way that we can pour into them and then we don't know the ripple effect of how, like maybe your daughter's the pizza thrower being awesome and having that kindness or maybe your child can be a particularly compassionate person to another student or listen to a friend that's having a hard time and you don't really know the impact that you're having and that you being a parent is contributing to the world, to God's kingdom. Amen. It's really cool to be next to you, to be next, to be next to all of you. Um, Matt asked me to talk about service in the community. I am blessed to have the opportunity to coach football at one of the local high schools, public school. And even more so, I'm blessed to work uh, under a head coach who is a pillar of faith. So we conspire daily to bring God's light into that school. And as a result, I get opportunity and I get access. I get opportunity to share my faith. Um, we, this, this coach's style is, uh, there's a lot of talking at the end of practice. Every practice, there's a post-practice speech of some kind. And he invites me in to speak, and we pray together about how we're going to bring God's word to these kids within the context of a public school. And you guys know that's a 
that's a fine line. Um, and I just got to share real quick what happened last week was uh, we were praying. Uh, Tom, my partner, was praying for God to give him a word for the week. And when he went to church last Sunday, he said, you know, they were talking about Nehemiah. So, uh, so we're going to talk about a sword and a brick. If you guys read in Nehemiah, that's what it came down to, building the wall, was they got to a point where the enemy did not want them to succeed, so they had to fight and build at the same time. And he said, let's pray together about how we can bring that message to these young men in the context of a football game. And so we started praying about that, and then Matt called me on Tuesday, and he said, hey, how's, how's coaching going? And I told him that whole story, and he said, well, it's funny. I'm calling you with a purpose. I want you to talk about Nehemiah on Sunday. And so... <laughs> So I shared that with my partner, Tom, and he just said, you know, somebody has a sense of humor. And I, I just felt like that was confirmation that God wants us to get enrolled in this job. He wants us to pick up our brick and our sword. Um, and so through the week, I prayed on that, and, and I had the opportunity to speak to the team about it. Um, the week before, I got to speak to them about humility and about, about, you know, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others more important than yourselves. They don't realize I'm quoting scripture to them. They just think I'm really a good orator because <laughs> I'm appropriating the most powerful words that have ever been written, which is the word of God. Um, but I do get to, to preach to them. And then it's not just the kids. I mean, the kids come to me with, you know, I've, got, I've had kids who are suicidal, kids who are depressed, kids who are being abused, kids who are bullies, kids who get bullied. I get, to, I get access to all of them, and I get the opportunity to pray for them and pray with them often. But it's also the coaches. And just this past Friday, you know, my job during the varsity games is I sit up in the booth with another coach and we're watching and on the headset and giving feedback to the coach in the field. Right before kickoff, this guy's a father of five, and, and I don't think he's really a believer of, of any kind. He just got a text that his daughter had been in a car accident right before kickoff. And he knows I'm a man of faith, um, or a Jesus freak, I think is probably what he would call me. Um, but in that moment, I, I got the opportunity to pray for his daughter. And, and he used the words when he saw, he sent a picture of her rolled over car and that she only got a concussion. And he used the words that he was blessed. And I just felt like God was just all over that. And so I guess in the opportunity and the access, it's, for me, it's about showing up and, and being bold. And knowing that I, you know, I'm at a school that's pretty hostile towards the faith. And uh, I know a lot of the parents of the kids that I'm talking to don't agree with, with my faith, but God keeps giving me access and opportunity, and all I have to do is respond. And so I think that he does that for all of us. So my encouragement would be look for the opportunities and look for where you have access and, and just respond with the love of Christ. Amen. It, wouldn't, it be, uh, wouldn't it be fun to go around the entire church, honestly? And, and to, to recognize places, I mean, I read through all those names of, of people that are serving in the church and building God's kingdom, that people who are in their places of work, Lord, may we serve you and honor you and build your kingdom in the places of work. I think that we don't have to fake it, that sometimes it's just hard and we're beat up. We need you, Father, for Endurance. In our homes, Lord, we pray in our homes that we could build your kingdom. Help us to love our kids well. 
even when we're exhausted, when we get to the end of ourselves. God, give us wisdom for our children of how to parent them. Pray over our marriages. Help us to love our wives and our wives, to love our husbands. Those of us who are single, Father, in the home and with the roommates and what they're doing, honor you to build your kingdom. Father, in the places where we serve in the community and give of ourselves, Father, help us to see it as your work, no different than when we walk into church when we serve with the kids or somewhere here. And we're wise and we're shrewd and we're not weird, but we are led by you, Lord. Help us love like you. Father, help us build your kingdom as a church and a people set apart. Do you know, friends, do you know where you serve God right now? Do you know where you're building the kingdom? I pray over our church. Take a place, guys, in, in, in this morning, God implanted somewhere, was like, yeah, there. Focus on that. In that place in your life, I pray that God will give you strength and valor and endurance and vision and humility to build his kingdom there and in that place as we stand next to one another, next to one another, next to one another. Amen. Amen. Give these guys all a hand. Thank you, guys. Okay, I got a great verse to end us with. Stand up. Not to end us with, to move us into responding in worship. Therefore, Hebrews 12, 28, 29. And therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, like Michelle said, that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably. God, man, in all our life. But we worship you with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Lord, consume us. Let's worship.